Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. The idea behind this class is not to get to know the meaning of liturgy necessarily any better, and it's not to uh, delve into Hebrew grammar much better, anything like that. Um, it's not even really that much a class about navigating the sea door, although there are some pretty solid elements of this course that are about navigating the sea door. Um, it's really about how to do sea door based prayer leadership better. Right? It's, it's how to lead more competently and or how to feel more connected to the leadership of a service from the pews, which also is an important element. So the idea here is to work on primarily Nusach HaTefillah. So last week we worked on a bunch of vocabulary about Nusach HaTefillah and about the Sidor. We reviewed uh, some of these words that I think a lot of people are familiar with, but we wanted to get through some jargon. So one of the things that we talked about was this idea of Amud. Does anyone remember what we talked about with Amud who was here last week? The idea of Amud is what? It's the place where, this place, where it's related to Amidah. Yeah, the place where we stand, exactly. So it's the place where we stand. And a lot of people use it to refer to the table or the standing place where we stand, not to be confused with the shtender, which is the Yiddish word for the thing that is standing, but a shulchan, the table, is the actual table. The amud is actually just the spot where somebody would be standing. In many uh, Sephardic congregations and many contemporary congregations, that's the center, but also in many Ashkenazi congregations, it's just a frontal spot. And if we're going into the history of prayer, we talk about how people used to be down in front, not up in front, but now oftentimes we're just all on the same level because there's this whole democratization of prayer. We talked about amud as a word. We talked about sidor and tefillah, and we talked about davening and this idea, what could daven possibly mean? It's a pretty expansive word. So daven could mean what? It could mean praying at least two different things. You can come up with more definitions if you want. Davening is... I use it like with sometimes the leader davening, like myself davening. Right, it could. So I can daven from my seat, but also if somebody comes up and taps me on the shoulder and says, do you want to daven? They probably don't just mean, do you want to engage with God in prayer? They probably mean, do you want to get up and lead and daven? So it's used expansively. In the same way that when someone says, do you want to come and share a piece of Torah? They probably don't literally mean something from the five books of Moses. They mean something expansively from the tradition. So a lot of words are used in a jargony kind of way. We want to make sure that we understand those basic terms. We also talked a little bit about the structure of prayer, and we talked about the concept of Nusach. So first, we're going to address a little, very, very quick review of the structure, and then we're going to talk about a quick review of the Nusach, and we're going to jump right in back to the siege war, going back to that first mode of Nusach that we worked on last week. So pass these down here. These are the prayer skeleton, or also known as the prayer playbill for Shabbat morning, um, and uh these sheets I've also emailed out to all the participants in the class. If you've registered recently, I will send out another email after this class, and this will be included in the email along with all the slides 
that are like clickable with all sorts of different things. One of the things I said at the very end of class and is also included in those slides is the encouragement that if you own the C door that is in front of you, you ought to feel very comfortable, I hope, writing in it because in our history, we've really taken advantage of the notion of marginalia and the concept of a geniza and finding the notes of people from past generations. So in Judaism, we actually prize the notion of writing in our own sidor for all sorts of reasons. So I encourage you to do that. And if you want to own a sidor and don't yet own it, please tell me after class, email me. I will help you get your hands on a sidor. So uh, this prayer skeleton helps us to work through the structure of the day. You can use this in a whole lot of different ways. I have this for everything except for, for the except for the high holy days. I have a kind of a skeleton going through any given service except for the high holy days. And the idea here is um, to look at the main segments of prayer and see where the transitional points are, see what requires a minion and what doesn't, and also, for the sake of this class, see where we start a new piece of news off and where not. So that's where we're going to focus today. Last week, we completely skipped over, because this class is about leading shachari, we skipped over the nusach of birkot shachar. that's that third piece on the page, and pesuket is similar, the verses of song. We skipped over those two sections because this is all about leading shachari l'shabbat. This is all about leading the main part of shachari l'shabbat. In another class, I'll teach the other stuff. But there is a specific nusach, there's a specific way, musical way, of going about leading the prayers of Pesuket de Zimra, Shachar, and Pesuket de Zimra for Shabbat and for festivals. That is different than what we do on weekdays and different than what we do on holidays. So, Shacharit begins its Nusach not where we say Shacharit structurally here, but rather begins its Nusach with Nishmat Kolchad. But why last week did we say that I still left this broken down in such a way that we have Shochein Ad on page 145 as the start of Shachri for the sake of Nusach? If we actually start singing the Nusach of Shabbat Shachri, the first set of Nusach, we begin with the Shmat Kochai. So why did I start us on page 145 with Shochein Ad? What's the reason to start there with the nusach of Shachri the Shabbat? That's exactly correct. That's when the shaliach or shlichat zibor, the person responsible for leading the service, takes over. So even though the person who's leading the sukkah zimra starts that nusach a little bit early, we don't start until shochein ad. So it doesn't make sense to break it down any other way. Or maybe it does, but that's not how I did it. So, last week we began with my singing us through with some of this nusach. And we talked about how that helps us to understand the way it works with syntax. I'm going to do it a lot, and I don't feel silly at this point doing it whatsoever. We even tried it out with a little bit of live translation from the C door. I'm also going to point out that this is the simplest version of this set of nusach. There are lots of fancier versions, and we could go and get really fancy, but we're not doing that in this class because it's really important that we keep this to the simplest possible version. There is absolutely no way, no way musically, that I could keep it consistently to a set of notes as if it were in Spyro's bound books. I have it, actually. I can happily, I will gift you access if you'd like it 
to the pages on the Cantor's Assembly website that allow you, that let you get uh, a, a note by note, and then you can play a recording of someone singing note by note. Shulchi ad maharom If you want that, I'll send it to you. Because some people, that's their best way of learning. That's fine. That's not how I'm able to teach it. In part, that's informed by the fact that my degree is in jazz music, so like I only know how to improv. But also, it's informed by the fact that that fluidity is native to the way that we do Nusach, right? Nusach wasn't ever intended to be. It'd be like learning a Miles Davis solo and saying that's the only way to do that one piece, which is just, it's just not. That's not how, that's not how music works. So, um, so we're going to go back to this Nusach and we're going to practice going from Shochenach all the way up through the end of the page before Ella Tohm. I'm going to remind you the definition of Nusach has something to do with music, but it has different elements. It begins with mode, which means different notes that are in a scale. Okay, so it's the notes that are in the scale that we're using. And it also means the patterns of notes, which we call a motif. So mode plus motif is how we get new soft. That's how we get to new soft. And yes, because I have a jazz background, that is why I enjoy doing things like using the new soft to stick it out. But it also helps to ingrain it as something that you can use in your head, and it helps drill in the idea that you can apply this new sock in lots of different ways throughout the sea door. And that if I do shochen ad marom vikajosh shimo, and you do shochen ad marom and he does all of those are kosher they're not trays but they're all a little bit different and they give a little bit different flavor to the davening okay so that's part of what makes it a little bit different flavor so nusach is mode plus motif it's the notes that are kosher within a scale and the motifs the patterns of notes Another way of thinking about it is thinking about it like Lego blocks. Okay, I started, I didn't get into this last week, but I'm going to say this, and then we're going to go right into the sea door. Lego blocks, um, the reason I like this uh, for two reasons. One reason I've always known, and two, I've learned recently because my child is really into Legos. So um, one reason is that there are different, like, different shapes of Legos, like a certain number of dots by another certain number of dots. By the way, the plural Lego is Lego, but I just can't do it. <laughs> um, but there's different types of blocks. And so like a three by two piece, right? And the most important thing is that they're like these different identifiable pieces, right? So they go and you're like, oh, I put a this piece here and I put a that piece here. So I like it because that's kind of like trope in a certain way, right? Where you put this motif here and you put that motif there. But the reason that I started to really like this as a uh, as an analogy, as a metaphor, is that also if you're really doing Lego the way that Lego wants you to do Lego, there's an order, and you gotta go in order, and you can't like reverse the order. So we don't start with Shofin Had Maharom Hoshimo. We don't do that. We don't go backwards with the order of Lego, right? It just feels weird to our ears and brains because there's an order that they go in. But you can insert other stuff along the way. Like, there's a little bit of flexibility if, if you got to put, like, the, 
you know, you're in the middle of building, we just recently did like women of NASA, great set of Lego, highly recommend it, got it for Ella's birthday. And as we were building up the space shuttle, there are like four one by one little tiles and it doesn't say put this tile first and this tile first. That. No, you, there's a little flexibility within what you're doing, but you don't get to like build the little characters first and then, and then do the tile. So there is an order to it and then there's flexibility within the order. Another way of thinking about another analogy, if you are not a Lego person and that's just not what you can picture, is also like a recipe. Okay, it's very similar to a recipe. There are certain there's certain flexibility and you can put other flavors in it, but at a certain point if you if you change entirely what you're doing, you can no longer say, well, this is a gluten-free recipe version of it. No, no, it's just a totally different recipe. And also, there are certain things you can do out of order. But a lot of it you can't do out of order because you need to first mix the dry and then mix the wet and all that. So there's so recipes too. And my challah tastes different than your challah. But we would both recognize each other's challah as challah. Okay? So there's a lot there too. If that analogy works for you, great. I'm big on analogies. So we're going to open the seed door and begin working out of it for this first part. I'm going to have you do a little more repeat after me. And if we get bold and brave this week, I may start going around and having people do a little bit of individual repeating. For now, I'm going to have you do group repeating. We're on 147. If you're in, if you want to be in that C door instead, we're on 65, I think. No, 65 is Pasuki to Zimmer. It's like 103 or something. Is that right? Very close. Yeah, 105 is very close. Yeah, pretty good. Darn close. Yeah. It's taking up spaces in my brain where I need to remember other very important things. Okay. Um, But 147. So you're going to repeat after me, and then we're going to revisit some of the concepts from last week, too, like... Ashkenazim play this game where we say some, and then we mumble, and we mumble, and we mumble. Mm-hmm. We say it a lot, and then we say some, and then we mumble, we mumble, and mumble. We're going to do that. We're going to do that. Yes, Ada. Yes. Where does the stop? The previous leader stops at the end of the paragraph at the top of page 147 with, they leave the bima. The new person comes up to the bima and begins. Then they would stop at the end of the previous page if it were a festival, and not Shabbat. They would end with the and the festival Nusach will begin. And if people are interested, what I'll probably do this year, I've been meaning to be a little more mindful about it. I'll probably teach the festival Shacharit class sometime around February so that we're prepared for Pesach. I will try to do that because we've got plenty of need for Shachrei Davners at Pesach. Okay, so we stop at HaMelecha Yoshev Ram to whoever led. Okay, and now we're at Shochinad. You're going to repeat after me. Shochinad Maharom Vikadosh Shemo you know, whisper the next line to ourselves so you're not going to repeat after me. If you want to do it at a pace that makes sense and you can't read Hebrew that fast, you can read to yourself in the English, which is uh, as as it is written, as the psalmist is written, sing, O you righteous, to Adonai, praise offered by the upright is lovely. So if you feel like you're not a really fluent Hebrew dogner, you can just read that in the English, and that's just exactly enough, right time, okay? Also kosher. And now you're going to repeat after me in that in that set-apart paragraph, which is set-apart like that because the editors are 
they're tickling their own fancy with the um, with with the fact that it's a little poem. Okay, so repeat after me. So you've got this first motif. And then you go back to motif number two. You go back to motif number one, and then back to motif number two. And then you go to this thing that's kind of like a penultimate motif. And when you have extra words, you can do this extra something, something, something. And then back to motif number two. Okay, that ending is motif number If you're very simple musically, you could stick to these two the whole time and never differentiate. It gets kind of boring if you do it that way, but also you probably won't make a mistake. So if you want to stick with that, I don't blame you at all. But I want to kind of teach you how to differentiate a little bit more. And also something that you're doing when you do this motif is you're telling people that we're about to go to the next part. And as we turn the page, we all get excited. And you see how this works, okay? Now, another thing I'll remind you of is that when we do you can expect that the next start of the next paragraph, people are probably going to join in with you. At least that is true. Some are like Betham. Okay. So now let's go back to Bethi. No, let's go to Uvmakalot, right? So who kerev kedoshim teach kaidash? Now repeat after me. Uvmakalot revevot amecha beit Yisrael. Uvmakalot revevot amecha beit Yisrael. Make sure you don't accidentally rhyme. Revivote with Uvmakalot. Uvmakalot, revivote. Let's try it again. Uvmakalot, revivote. Amechavet Yisrael. We whisper to ourselves. You're going to repeat after me for this next part. I'm going to keep stopping myself and saying repeat after me so that you know when I'm going back into the repeat after me. Shekin Chovat Kol Hayitzurim Lefanecha. Shekin Chovat Kol Hayitzurim Lefanecha. Adonai Eloheinu Eloheavotenu. 
There are lots of ways to do this next part, but here's how I like to do it. Lehodot lehavel. Try that. Lehodot lehavel. Try it with me. Let your eyes go back up one line to Lehodot and listen to me once. Lehotot lehavel, lechapeach lefaher, leromem lehater, levarech lelehu kaveis. It's because the whole paragraph is to praise out loud, to offer praise, another word for praise, to offer beauty, to lift up, to give beauty, to bless and to lift up, and to another word to give praise, okay? It's a litany of the same words words right and so it's not just that i'm like oh that's a lot of words i gotta get through to do it it's actually artful because there's something about that whole list of words so i like to do them in pairs because they're written in pairs notice it's vetish Bechot, not Batish Bachot. There are a lot of places where it's Batish Bechot and a few words Batish Bachot. Okay? Um, so let's try, repeat after me. Let me do it first. Al Kol Divre Shirot Batish Bechot. David Ben Hishai. Try that. You're doing great. And then there would maybe be a really annoyingly disruptive announcement. Please rise. But I like it when we don't have to announce that because it doesn't disrupt the cool momentum. We can all do it together. As I mentioned last time, there are some ways of singing through the whole paragraph. Uh, so, by the way, that is a Hanukkah song. Yeah. 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 Some people do it, but then they, it moves into, you know what though? That takes time. And if not everybody knows it, in the congregation, I don't find it so exciting. So I don't usually do it. We're going to pick up a brachot. Again, in this class, for the most part, I'm going to teach you Nusach more so than congregational melodies. A few places I will. But I really want you to learn how if you knew no melodies or you went to a place where they didn't know any melodies, how would you get through it? Okay? Or also, how will you recognize the Nusach and what's happening in it if you're not up there leading? So here we go. We're going to uh, pick up a brachot. We're going to whisper, whisper, whisper. Again, you could go into the English if you felt you didn't know the pacing. And repeat after me. I'm going to start at Brachot. Brachot vehodaot meataviyad olam. You try it. Brachot vehodaot meataviyad olam. Two options here. I either do Baruch Adonai. Try that with me. Baruch Adonai. Or I might do something really. Uh, this is just for those of you who are like, 
it's really boring to just go back to the same motif. You could do Baruch Atah Adonai. Baruch Atah Adonai. That's like if you're bored of the other stuff, but you could just go back to you could just like go back to the beginning again. Uh, I'm going to pick up at El Melech Gadol. I'll do it and then have you repeat after me. El Melech Gadol, Matish Bachot, you try it. Good job with that ah under Tish Bachot. El Hahodahot, Adon Haniflahot. Get ready for this next one. Habocher beshirei zimra. Good, and I'm going to separate these words so that their meaning remains correct. Melechel. Try that. Melechel. Chihahovamim. Or if those two didn't sound different to you, then don't worry about it at all. <laughs> but if they did, then you know that it's okay to be a little bit like different between the two. Okay, we're going to do Chazi Kaddish, which is exceedingly easy once you've been doing this for so long. So we're going to do, I promise, it's going to be so, you're going to feel it's easier because we've been doing it. So repeat after me. Actually, you know what? I take it back. Do it with me. We're going to try it together. You ready? Let's do it. Yitgadal be yitgadal shenei rabba be'almadivrachi rutei ve'amlich malchutei. You're following great. Be'chayechol uv'yomechol. We're gonna do a big chunk. Uv'chayedechol beit Yisrael. Penultimate. Ba'galal bizman hari. Straight to the end. Ve'imru amein. Back to the beginning. Yeheshemira ba'mevarach le'alamulal ne'omayah. And then again at the beginning with Yitzvarach beginning, meaning the musical pattern. Yitzvarach le'yishabach v'yitzvar v'yitromam v'yitnasei. We need to do those three words together in order to get to the Bariklu as a response. So let's try it again from the Yitadar, which is the second line under leader in that last paragraph. Okay. I want to be really clear here. If you're leading, you do say berich hu, okay? We all say all the words of Kaddish. Some people have a custom of saying berich hu as the leader after the congregation, which is fine too. You can actually accomplish that the same. So I want you guys to do, um, uh, you guys just be the congregation for a second. I'm going to do, I'm going to do the second paragraph just as leader and you guys be my berich hu, okay? So I'm soloing. You ready? Just echo it. It's like fine. It's not a big deal, right? I just echo it a little bit after. For some people, I actually don't, I'm sure there's some very interesting reason behind it. You can ask Rabbi Avi Habibi or somebody else who really cares deeply and is knowledgeable about liturgy, what the reason is, but some people like to delay it and respond after. Um, 
Okay, we're going to go back to Le'ela Minko. That stuff in the brackets is only one week a year. Okay, one Shabbat a year. This is a Shabbat and festival Sidor. One Shabbat a year between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. We do the stuff in the brackets. Otherwise, ignore it. Le'ela Minko Birchata Veshirata. Try that. Le'ela Minko Birchata Veshirata. Tushvechata v'nechamata. Tushvechata v'nechamata. I can't just end it because I got like four words to go. I can't just do Damiran. I can't end it, so I have to do Damiran bihamaha v'imru amein. I need that extra little bit. It's like an extension, okay? So try with me, Damiran. Damiran In an advanced class, which I do sometimes teach, I'm not teaching it right now, but there are a couple of things that I address. So if you want to, if you're like, I get all this. And I have all these advanced questions about like, why is it that some people say, and you're saying, that's for an advanced class. There is a differential. You can email me about it or you can come to an advanced class and we'll talk about the differential. Yes, there's a difference, but don't worry about it for right now. Don't stress on it. Um, there was one other thing I was going to bring up. Oh, that some people do vimru amen. So some people, they, vimru means and it said or and we say. So some people grew up saying vimru amen, amen, which is actually pretty accurate, but turns out to be just pretty confusing for a lot of people. Uh, so I don't do it. Um, but some people do that. If you have questions about like those pronunciation issues, oh, that was the other thing I was going to say. This prayer is in Aramaic. Everything else we've done so far, Hebrew. Aramaic, ancient Near Eastern language that was the vernacular, was the common language on the streets. It wasn't the holy tongue. It's like, you know, if Hebrew were the Latin, this was whatever other language people were speaking. And, um, and some people pronounce it using some of the rules around Hebrew and some people don't. If you want to talk to me about that, again, that's like an email question. Like, do I say Dami Ron or Dami Ron? Do I say, like, like where, where do I do the vowelization? If you want to be particular about it, email me and I'll, and I'll let you know. Uh, yeah, of course. Go for it. question? Yeah. Um, if, if, if I'm not mistaken, there's one Kaddish where it's Kirute and another where it's Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And it has to do with the number of syllables because the digation itself counts for a syllable and it has to do with the syllable count that we use. Uh, it, it's a very complicated thing. What I suggest for now in terms of like this being a course on the usability of the CDOR, I always suggest when you see stuff like, uh, I, I'll turn to the next page and I'll give you a, a analogous, no, analogous example. Um, if you see, do you see the Hamvorach has no dagesh in it? There's like a, yeah. there's a machloket, there's an argument about whether that it's a, you call a, um, a shva merachafet. It's like a, yeah. there's a, there's a whole like debate about it. What I do is I follow the norm of the editors of the Sidor so while we're doing the same thing. So if it says kirite, we do kirite. And if it says, if the, there's no dagesh in the mem, I will pronounce it as hamvorach and not hamvorach as best as possible because I follow the norms of whatever the editors have done. There are some interesting, like very picky grammatical debates for the sake of a class on like, how do I use the Sidor? Read what it says. Read what's in there because that keeps us all together. 
Um, I feel that way about lots of things like V-Shea Israel. I have a personal practice to use V-Shea Israel. I actually do. I have a personal practice. I pray. I insert the fires of Israel into every one of my Amidahs in the Ritzay paragraph because I think it's a beautiful piece of our Korban uh, history, our, our history of, of having offered up sacrifices once upon a time. And anyway, the paragraph in all of our Cedar is in past tense. So I, I insert it, but it's not there in the Cedar. It's there in the Machzor in brackets, but it's not in the Cedar. So I do not insert it when I'm doing it publicly out loud because I find that that so is confusing. So, yeah. So I hope that's. That's a useful answer for now, sure. but there is a much wonkier answer to be answered. <laughs> go by the C-Dur, and, and if you're, but if you're familiar, you wouldn't go by how you know that they announce it. You would instead go. That's a, that's a great question. If there's a differentiation between the two, like if everybody has always said, yeah. And that's always and forever for all time, the way that everybody in the community has pronounced it. I don't think there's anything wrong with pronouncing that. But if you yourself was like, were like, oof, but it's Shavam or Hafen, I just don't know, then go with the Sidor if you're torn. Like, I would just go with the Sidor. Yeah. Is, is that what you were referring to when I spoke about a congressional, a, a con- congre- congregational melody? Or what, 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 ex- what exactly is that in contrast to the approach you're taking? So a congregational melody is just an entirely different notion. So a congregational melody is going to be, instead of using a series of motifs, like da 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 and applying that to the words on the page, it means that there's a composed, a three-composed melody, like and applying that. And typically, first of all, one thing that defines it is that it's like through composed to apply to the words, right? So it, it's gonna, either it's uh, parody, so it's from some other melody, like we were, we're applying Kiva Moed, a, a tune from one prayer to another prayer, sometimes that happens, or it was really composed for that very prayer, right? And so we're singing it along to there. So one thing that defines is that it's through composed for that purpose. Um, and the other thing that defines it is that it's inviting the congregation to sing along. So, for example, if you page ahead to 154, in just a few minutes, we're going to get to the Nusach of this page. The Nusach, by the way, this is a nice little preview, is named Ahavaraba. It's the name of the Nusach. Okay? The name of the Nusach for this part of the Sidor is Ahavaraba. And the Nusach, the mode and motif is the congregational melody is It has meter, it could be conducted, everybody's invited to sing along, that's a congregational melody. Nusach is versus because that's that's Hatifa. Um, but he still fit with the mode. Great question. I uh, it would be great if it did. It rarely does, <laughs> which is one of the reasons I don't love congregational melodies. Not because it bothers me principally. Like it's not on principle that it bothers me. It's that it's hard to get back to the Musah. It's really hard. If you're like if you've gone so far afield, like. It's just really hard to get back to it, for me. 
maybe other people are just more talented, but I find it very yeah. frustrating. So we've gotten as far as the end of of um, the bottom of 148 at. Okay, so repeat after me, even though it's confusing because Baruch is usually yeah. <laughs> responsive, but I want you to practice both parts. Actually, I'll be the leader and you be the congregation, then we'll trade off, okay? So I'll be the leader, you be the congregation. We're on 149. And then my response as a leader is, Baruch Adonai I want to do this now, and I'm going to play both roles, but I'm going to do it in English. You can hear why it's so cool to use the Nusach in that way. So, praised is God to all, to whom all praise is directed. Oh, yes, praise God. Oh, sorry, I messed that up. Oh, yes, praise God to whom all praise is directed forever and ever. That's right. Praise God to whom all praise is directed forever and ever. So it's emphatic in its own way, right? Using the Nusach in that way creates a totally different kind of musical conversation than if you just were to, than if the leader were to do Baruch Adonai HaBarach Le'olam No, like let's, let's keep it as a musical conversation. So it's going to be Baruch Hu Etz Adoshem Baruch Hashem Hamborach Le'olam Ba'ed. Baruch Hashem Hamborach Le'olam Ba'ed. Okay, now you guys are the leaders and I'm the congregation. You ready? Chaj Daim Shalosh. Baruch Adonai Hamborach Le'olam Ba'ed. Baruch Adonai Fabulous. Great. Then, yes, questions? Okay. So I have a couple of questions on choreography. Go for it. Um, and I grew up reform. Okay. So the choreography is different slash not necessarily accurate um, in some ways. Um, and I've seen people do it very I was taught by like a very stickler teacher. And so it's very specific that you have to like not be bending. Uh-huh. Um, but I see prayer leaders, other, I just see some prayer leaders still bending when we say Adonai. And, and I just want to know um, if there is like a, an obligation for us like leader to really like not do that or if it's actually not such a big deal. Rabbi Rambam would Yeah, there are some people. So yeah, Rabbi Rambam, who's our Rabbi Emeritus here and also a great halachist, he would totally agree with that. And he would even go so far, I, I hope I'm not misquoting him, but he would even say that when we get to Gadlu Ladoshem Iti, when we're holding the Torah in the Torah service, and we get to Gadlu Yachdav, that if you're holding the Torah, that you shouldn't bow at all. Because then you're literally yeah. causing the Torah to bow. There's like a whole debate about whether you should even, forget about bowing on the word God. So, I would say there are degrees of people who care about it more or less. As far as I know, it's closer to the scale of minhag than it is to halacha. But if you wanted to be particularly accurate about it, the first thing I would say is baruchu is related to birkayim, and there's a reason for that. So it's definitely intended to be a knee-related bow as opposed to a 
body, half body vow, which is the modim vow. Okay, so barechu et Adonai is the most ideal way. That being said, in 2022, I think we all think about how our bodies work very differently. So it it doesn't work for me to be like a particular stickler about how people do that. I would just say like bow as as much as you can. And also to go to the other side, forget about like ableism for a moment and just think about the way that people engage with prayer, like bow deeply if possible. So and the best advice that I can give you is if you extend the words and slow it down a bit as a prayer leader, it allows people to make those choices. Right? Because if you do the whole congregation is now at that pace. And they remember you got an extra syllable in there. They didn't. You know, they're like they're folding over. So yeah, the slower you go, the more as a prayer leader you're giving them an opportunity to catch up. Right? And if I haven't mentioned it yet, in general as a prayer leader or a chanter. It's so wise to stick to slowest common denominator. If there's a word that you don't pronounce as quickly as the rest in that line, go as slow as you need to go for that whole line. As slowly as you need to go for the whole line. Let's move into the next Nusa. Okay, quickly, two comments, and then we're going to move into the next Nusa. Yeah. I've never heard Rimbaud teach not to bow as a god before us. I got to ask him. I got to ask him now, because I thought that was his teaching, but um, could easily be someone else. It was in Europe at the time. I got to ask him. I had Avi Evi come and transfer <laughs> transfer the Torah to my right shoulder, which I think is Minhag. Maybe he's got a reason what he didn't know with gotten up at 5 a.m. that morning to ice that shoulder, but what the heck. Uh, but, it, yeah, that he was very... Uh, very deck about it. Yeah, very, very careful. Yeah. About it. yeah. Did you have a thought also? Yeah. So, and this you need more. And yep. if you don't have a minion, I know something at the end... Yes. So Baruchu, we need a minion for. It's the first thing that we need a minion for after if in the when you get the prayer skeleton in the email, you'll see that the last thing that you needed a minion for was um, the technically was the Chatsi Kaddish, but you could have skipped the Chatsi Kaddish and been doing Shakari kind of like Kiyahid as if you're all individuals going to to that. The thing previous to that were the other Kaddishes way back in Birkota Shakar. Um, so Baruchu is the next thing that you need a minion for. And yes, some people will simply say Baruchu at the end. What, uh, there's also something at the Shema that's relevant to this. So we'll, we'll get there. Um, but yes, the Baruchu also you do need a minion for. We typically do not do the full blessing at the top of page 150, which is such an interesting blessing. We're not going to get into the interesting nature of that blessing. We're just going to say that blessing itself. We do not recite fully out loud. We usually recite to ourselves, not inducing or inviting an Amen. So typically we do and you might out loud do those are the first four words of that long paragraph on 150. So let's try that together. And then we daven, we daven, we daven until, please ignore the arrow there. I totally disagree with the editors. In fact, I am convinced it's a mistake. I've never asked Ed Feld, but I think it's the second name Ke'er Kahahi was aiming for there. Um, so we're going to start there. So repeat after me with that second, go down two more lines below that Ke'er Kahahi to the next Ke'er Kahahi and repeat after me. 
Hain kerkecha Adonai Eloheinu baolam hazeh. You try it. Hain kerkecha Adonai Eloheinu baolam hazeh. Ve'ein zulatecha Malkeinu lechaye haolam haba. Ve'ein zulatecha Malkeinu lechaye haolam haba. That's a reciting tone when you stay on that note for a long time. Try it with me, just the same notes. I'm going to continue and then you'll repeat after me. Try that with me. Hang on, let's try it again. We're not going to move to until ha. Okay, we're not going to move to the second note of ha. Much to people's chagrin, possibly. I'm not going to teach you, Ella, don't. I'm not interested in it. It's not Nusach. I mean, what I am interested in is coming back to it later. So a couple of things about it. First of all, Ella, don't is a piyut. If you want to learn about piyut, you should take a class on piyut. It's a type of reshut prayer. It's in the realm of totally um, optional. One of the things I like to teach about this, though, as long as I'm here, is... Should you find yourself stuck at home on a Shabbat morning and davening privately, davening as in you're praying to God, you have absolutely no obligation to say this. It's a beautiful poem, but it is definitely skippable, right? <laughs> you do not need to say this because it's an addition. It's a poem. Listen, all piyut and all reshut got stuck in because somebody was like, I have this great poem I love saying on Shabbat. And at least one someone else was like, a great poem. I think other people should see that too to see in the book. And eventually it got published in a Sidor and eventually it got included and whatever the little hakdama, the little introduction that said, this is, you know, so-and-so's, I guess in this case, let's see, do we know? We don't even know. I mean, Ed didn't even include, uh, uh, Rabbi Edfeld didn't even include in here uh, who it was, but somebody wrote this lovely alphabetical acrostic uh, poem and included it in the story. We're going to skip over it. Here's what I want to tell you about it, though, before you skip the page. Bottom of 151. Whatever tune you're using, personally, rather than in going into at the end of it, unless people are happy clapping, I don't want to stop anyone's enjoying that, I'd like to go into the new sock there. So hold that thought. We're going to come back to it next week. This is where I like to move into the new saw for the next portion. Okay, so we ended. If you flip back to 150 at bye bye. That's the end of it. That's the last place that is the kosher new saw for no mas. Okay, that's it. Now flip past Eladon to page 152. And we're going to work on the next section. I'm going to teach you a little bit about this mode and a little about the motifs, just like last time where I landed and taught you a little bit of this, uh, you know, Nusach, and then this time we've gone much more deeply into it. I'm going to teach you a little bit of this Nusach, and we're going to pause on it, and next week we'll come back to that Nusach. Yeah. Sorry, I just want to make sure. Of course. So at um, 
mode ends and then we start a new mode. Brand new mode, okay. brand new motifs. Brand new mode and motifs. And you know what? In this case, you know what I was saying to David, right? About, um, about uh, congregational melodies and the notion of like how hard it is to get back into things. In this case, this is an example of how congregational melody works as a palate cleanser in our favor. Because whatever we do for Ella Doan, it takes us out of the takes us out of there. We're in some other zone, and then we can come back to land at the new Nusach. So I actually find it helpful in that case because we're coming out of our old Nusach mode, and then we're going to land back in the new Nusach mode. And sorry to follow. What, yeah. Why does it? What is the reasoning for where a new? Like? Great question. So there's a little more to it than I can get into it here, but I'm going to give you a little taste of why. It really. It, it, it's really related to uh, what section of the um, of the prayers it applies to. It's a combination of the definition of the prayer. So in this case, this belongs, this new sophomore I'm about to get into, Ahavarba, belongs to the blessings. It's called Shema Uvir Chotecha, Shema and her blessings. And there is a very, very long-standing admittedly Ashkenazi-centric tradition of transitioning at that point to this new sock in particular. So the rabbis decided that that whole page that comes before El Adon, it, it really is just a haktamah. It's an, it's an introduction to El Adon as a piyut and la'el asher shabbat mikol ha'ma'asim at the top of 152. That's where Shema start according to those who set the Nusach tradition sometime probably probably goes back to at least the 18th century. It's at least traceable back to the 18th century. So we're going to just learn a taste of the beginning of this Nusach, and then we'll wrap for this week. It goes like this. I'm going to sing a little bit of it, and then I'm going to break it down. La elasher shavat hamahasim. Now I'm going to pick up at the bottom of that top paragraph at the word tibarach, at that little carrot. Tibarach moshihinu ha-shevach ma-seyadecha ve'alme o-reyor she-hasita yifaru ha-sela. That's one. That's two. That's three. That's four. That's the entire system. The entire system is. The motifs are much mushier in Ahavarabad, generally speaking, and it sometimes does go below the tonic and above the tonic. And what I mean by that is instead of. We sometimes get to it goes higher that it goes lower than one and higher than eight. So the scale, if you want to get into the mode, the scale two uh, mnemonic melodies. One is fiddler on the roof, and the other is Hava Nagila. Okay, so the fiddler uh, theme. That's in Fregish. Fregish is just the name that Klezmer as a world 
uses to call Ahavaraba as a mode. Okay, it originated in the Nusach land, and of course it went out to Clay Zummer to the players of musical instruments. Um, and then there's also Havanagila, and there, there are other technical musical names for these modes, but the idea here is that instead of a minor that has one, two, one, two, three, four, five, we're taking those notes and we're taking that two and we're bringing it lower. And we're taking that three and we're raising it, okay? And when we create that space, that jaws, that do, 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 that little, that tiny space, that little half step there, and then that leap to, that giant space and a half, okay? That's a step and a half. So yet a die die, yet a die or have a right? So it's that space between that two and that three, that lower two and that raised three that creates that cool tension in the mode. So we're going to get a lot of. Um, uh, yeah, die, 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 because they want to emphasize the little feeling of it. So it's going to be tipara, moshino, shavach, masiyatecha, yomi, fori, or shesita, yiparu, kasela, die, 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 five, four, three, two, one. We're going to do that a lot because we want to feel that we're in that mode. So we're going to get that over and over again. And I want to show you one last thing before we end. Flip to 153. It's the longest page you have to like slog through in this mode because there's no congregational melody to get through. And look in the smack in the middle of that page, that kadosh. Okay. The other place in our tradition where we get Ahavarabat is in the Kedusha. It shows on the Kedusha. This is called the Kedusha de Sidra. I'm not going to get into the history of it, but we get like this miniature Kedusha here. And you guys are probably pretty familiar with the fact that Kadosh, 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 this piece from Aziz, um, that this piece from our prophets gets lifted, either in that Kadusha or this Kadusha, the Sidra, and it's used in Ahavarabah. And so I bet you're familiar with the way that Ahavarabah goes in it, where it goes, Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tzibahot, Melokola, very hard to do this, Melokola Haaretz. That's that scale, okay? So that's Kadosh, 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 Adonai Tevahot, Melochola Aretz Kivoto. Okay? So that Kadosh, 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 that's that smack in the middle of that Ahavarabah. And that's what we're going to get into starting next week is this section. The Ahavarabah is going to take us from La Ella Share at the top of 152 all the way to Tzur Yisrael at the bottom of 158. But don't be too stressed about that being even like six whole pages of stuff because, of course, the Shema, we're basically doing in a whisper. Certainly in our congregation, even if you're somewhere else, it's going to be in major anyway in a familiar Vehafta. So we're really talking about four pages. We're going to come back to it, though, in the repetition of the Amidah. We're going to come back to it. But right now, you don't need to worry about more than like four pages of that. We're going to get there. And we had a four pages of the other one you made it through. So we've got this. Any questions before we end? Yeah. Why do you think it is that the Chanusa are not actually indicated on the page? You know what? If I edited a Sidor, <laughs> actually I did. I wrote a Sidor. I edited a Sidor as part of my master's project, and I also didn't put it in there. I also didn't put it in there. It's a really wonderful question why it's not there. I think there's something about it living 
on another plane. You know, it's like the musical tradition is just not. It's the re, it's the same reason that, and I don't have an answer to it, but it, it goes to the same question as why Jews don't have hymnals, right? Why do we not have hymnals? Why do we not have in our pews books like many, 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 many church traditions going back to literally like pre-Middle Ages, uh, where it just lists out like the music for this psalm and that psalm? I have no idea. I mean, I have no knowledge of any Jewish musical tradition that does that. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to TBA. LA.org.